Hello, and welcome to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman. You are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. Before we jump into today's uh, show, uh, I would like to go to a quick disclaimer, and then we're going to come back and we're going to unpack away. The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. My name again is Rachel Meiselman, and you are listening to me on WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. So as promised, uh, <laughs> let's jump into the material of today's show. And uh, I said, let's unpack away. <laughs> and, it, it, you know, as usual, there's, there's a lot to talk about. There's never a shortage of topics. And I just, I have to say that today's show, I do feel particularly frustrated. And so some of you who listen to me regularly, you might say, well, (laughs) we normally detect uh, at least a hint of frustration uh, in your voice. And you know, on more than one occasion, you've sounded uh, a bit more than just a tad exasperated. And, and I guess there is some truth to that, uh, given the topics that I discuss. But I feel particularly, I don't really, is the word frustrated? Is it angered? Irked? It's more than being just irked. Uh, I think there is some anger. And there's, is there frustration? No, I don't think there's frustration at this point. I think that right now it's just, it's just anger. And so what am I angry about? Well, a lot of things. And I've been kind of sounding like a broken record. Uh, I've been steadily beating on that drum, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. You know, we need two viable parties in the state of Massachusetts. And so whether I've been, you know, on radio saying that and talking about that at length, or whether I've been on television doing the same, I have really been trying to push this message, really kind of push for this discussion to take place. And I really think that we need radical change. It's not, it can't be just down to we get a new party chair. The Republican Party gets a, uh, a new chair. Uh, I think we're, we're way beyond that. Uh, I, <laughs> it's been no secret, I'm highly critical of Chairman Jim Lyons, And 
I, it's with good reason. I, I think that he has been disastrous <laughs> for the party. Uh, he has injected a level of toxicity that I really can't remember. And, and to be fair, American politics, I think, has always been a bit rough and tumble, not just here, uh, but just throughout the country, throughout our history. Politics in general, because of what's at stake, power, status, money, it's, it's not, I mean, to use a cliched expression, it's not for the faint-hearted. Having said that, I just feel that there is an element of nastiness that now permeates the political right in Massachusetts, and I'm tired of it. I'm really, really tired of it. And, you know, it's this this element that really became particularly vocal around 2016 with the emergence of Trump, Donald Trump, as presidential, as a presidential candidate. Now, as many of you know, I am a supporter of Donald Trump, and I think that to blame the current climate on Donald Trump is tremendously unfair. These people that I'm thinking of, and others like them, uh, in communities throughout Massachusetts— and in communities throughout the country, these people have always been unpleasant. I think that there's just a lot that has occurred, that has transpired. And I think that the confluence of, of different factors has, has led to the rise, the emergence of, of this element in, in American politics. And, and, and to be clear... I mean, the left, elements on the left are no, <laughs> they're no less nasty. There are some very unpleasant people on the political left. But I'm speaking about the right. I have been speaking about the right because here in Massachusetts, it impacts me a lot more immediately than it would impact, say, other people because I am on the political right. Uh, I am uh, a Republican. And I just, I, I've always argued that if someone is going to be unpleasant or some people are going to be unpleasant, at least be competent, at least be smart, at least have some substance. But that's not what we're seeing. We're just seeing people who are nasty. And nasty and incompetent and just being an all overall collectively, you know, all these people all together being like a walking, talking dumpster fire. That, for me, is just the straw that broke the camel's back. And I'm known for being frank. <laughs> I'm known for being candid. But I think that Given the situation, Republicans are less than 10% of the population. Given that 
there is a strong likelihood that Democrats are going to take, if not all, um, most of the statewide offices and elsewhere in the, in, in, in the Commonwealth, they're going to be instances where Democrats strengthen their, their, their foot, their presence in, 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 in a community, in communities. And, and that's unacceptable for me because everyone deserves to have his or her voice heard. And everyone deserves to be listened to, to be noticed. I love in politics, particularly on the political left, uh, you know, on the left end of the spectrum, the, the big thing is, I see you, I hear you, I... And of course, the people who are saying that don't really see anybody and don't really hear anybody because if they actually did see and hear other people, if they actually did acknowledge, recognize other people, they wouldn't have to say, say, say that. It's we on the political right, we deserve to have a voice. We deserve to have a voice in government. And I appreciate the Democrats who are respectful and they're inclusive and they understand the importance of political and intellectual diversity. These are people who are good. These are good people and they happen to have a D after their name. So it's not because, oh, well, they're just, they're, they're some good Democrats after all. First of all, I wouldn't make a statement like that because I think it's an ignorant one. Um, you know, that's assuming, you know, making such a statement is assuming that all of one group is, is supposed to be bad, is supposed to be uh, toxic, or is supposed to be intolerant, or any other negative adjective that you can, that you can pull out. Uh, and and I don't I don't ascribe to that. I don't like generalizations. These are uh, are good people, and they happen to have a D after their name. And so again, I very much appreciate their tolerance and their consideration. But we do need more Republicans, and and there will be in different places in the Commonwealth. There will be. I think, I believe, I think there will be um, some causes for celebration for Republicans. But I think overall, it's, it's going to be a somber affair election night because that red wave that everyone keeps on talking about, it's not going to hit Massachusetts. And... I really have to wonder in what parallel universe some of my fellow Republicans are living, uh, and I'm talking now about, in particular, about the Republicans who have aligned themselves with Chairman Jim Lyons. I have to wonder what parallel universe they're living in because there's not going to be a red wave here in Massachusetts. I mean, Jim Lyons didn't even recruit a candidate 
for treasurer. Jeff Deal has probably run one of the worst gubernatorial campaigns in recent memory. And Leah Allen, his running mate, uh, you know, she's running, of course, for lieutenant governor. Her campaign has been no different. I mean, it's it's the one and the same. And I'm tired. I want choice. I want substance. And I want people who understand what the Republican values are. The Republican Party is not about one figure or another. It's not about Jim Lyons. It is not his vanity vehicle. The Republican Party is also not Charlie Baker. I don't have to be like Charlie Baker to be a good Republican. You know, a little earlier, of course, I just, well, I just got through saying that there are some good Democrats, but it's because they're good people. If I want to be a good Republican, I have to be a decent person. And I don't have to be like Charlie Baker to be successful and being a good Republican. I understand why Charlie Baker is a role model necessarily because he's the governor. But the problem that this party has had is that we take certain people and we put them up on pedestals and then everything else revolves around them. And it's very much the power structure in the Republican Party is very much pyramid-like. Now, I'm going to let that kind of sit there. And I'm going to come back. We're going to go to a quick break, but we're going to come back, and I'm going to talk about what I mean by a pyramid structure. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. Cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. Melissa from Michigan. I work an extra part-time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Our jury system needs participation by everybody. Jurors make important decisions that affect lives in our communities. In our courts, everyone deserves fair and equal treatment. People from different backgrounds bring different viewpoints and ask more questions when making decisions. Make a difference and serve on a jury when you get the chance. 
Brought to you by the Massachusetts Trial Court and the Office of Jury Commissioner. Romance scams steal hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars from unsuspecting victims. My name is Kathy Waters and I started advocating against romance scammers after my mother's friend told me about a love interest online that was too good to be true. Then I met Brian. My name is Brian Denny and I served several tours overseas with the United States Army before scammers started using my pictures to take money from victims online. Advocatingforyou.com to learn more. Hello and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. So... Before we went to a quick break, I was talking about a pyramid power structure. So I want to explain a little bit more about that. And so what it has been is it's been very much, as I said, we have a few people at the top and everything revolves around them. And... It's just, it's unacceptable. It's, it's no longer a tenable situation. It's no longer a situation that really, it, it can be tolerated. It, it, it has to be thrown out. This whole idea that a whole political party revolves around some people, we can't have that. Because then it functions more like a club rather than a political party. And it's just, it's very frustrating to me because I think of myself as an independent thinker. And the mere thought of having to adjust myself to what someone else thinks. That's not something I'm prepared to to put my head around. And of course, I did say that I'm largely angry, um, or I'm angry at this point, and, you know, there's really not much frustration. But, you know, that, <laughs> that, that, that point right there still frustrates me. Um, but even there, it's it's. Um, I think the anger pretty much eclipses it, and I think it's because if I if I put everything together, if I make an amalgam of everything, and I just sit down, again, I say to myself, I don't have a voice, and that's not okay. And so our next chair, because there will be an election in January, our next chair needs to be someone who's committed to growing the party, who understands what the chair, what what he or she is supposed to do. And of course, it has to be someone that understands the core values of the party and is committed to those as as well as growing the party. But yes, it has to be someone who wants to, I'm not even going to say expand the base. <coughs> because we don't have a base. 
We really don't. It's just kind of a group of people. And unless we're talking about someone who's already established in the political world, it's very hard for someone to just stand up as a Republican and run in Massachusetts. And it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be like that at all. And so, in the months ahead, Republicans have to decide what does it mean to be a Republican? What does it mean to be a Republican? You know, it'd be easy to just blame the decline of the party on Jim Lyons. But the fact that he was able to be in a position to run and win the chairmanship of the party, that already tells you that the party wasn't in good shape. Because someone like him should not have been someone accepted in polite company. This isn't someone who should have been looked at as someone who's credible. I can assure you that Jim Lyons, he has never had to stand up. Well, (laughs) before now. But he never had to stand up in the political arena before fellow Republicans and prove himself. Whereas someone like myself, I've always had to prove myself. I do something well. I succeed at something. And then I'm in a position where I have to prove myself all over again. And so there, therein lies another problem. That we have decided that certain people are going to be successful. Certain people don't have to explain themselves, whereas others do. And so, what does that mean? And why is that? Now, some listening might argue that, well, that's not so much a political thing. And, and I would agree. Unfortunately, some people always have to prove themselves. Doesn't matter how many successes they've had, they still have to get up and prove themselves every time they get up. And it's not fair. But I think in this context, it's particularly troublesome. It's, it's an issue that really needs to be addressed. Because we're talking about people who have not had to prove themselves. (laughs) I'm so sorry, guys. I have to apologize. I have a little bit of um, allergies right now. And I'll share a quick little personal anecdote. Um, I live with a cat, and the cat isn't my source of allergies. And um, the cat has allergies, too. That's why I'm mentioning the cat. And so the two of us, 
we're here we are together and we're buddies and we both are suffering from allergies so um forgive me um i think it'll probably add a little bit more urgency <laughs> to what i'm saying um but to proceed um we we need to get at why some people don't have to prove themselves and so some people might be listening and saying, well, what's the big deal? Well, first of all, it is a big deal. But when you think about, this is the Republican Party. <coughs> this is the Republican Party, and this is the party that looked at people as individuals and not members of this group or that group. The fact that here we are, in the 21st century, and people are being judged by how they look. <coughs> They're being judged by maybe uh, what they wear, what they do for a living, the people with whom they associate. We've got a problem. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that because it has... It seeped its way into what I'm going to call candidate choice. And so when we're talking about who is going to run, when we're looking to recruit people to run, instead of basing it on people's qualifications, people's experience, people's knowledge, we're basing it on all these things that shouldn't matter and that, in fact, don't. So we're going to go to another quick break. When we come back, uh, I want to give some concrete examples of that. Romance scams steal hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars from unsuspecting victims. My name is Kathy Waters, and I started advocating against romance scammers after my mother's friend told me about a love interest online that was too good to be true. Then I met Brian. My name is Brian Denny, and I served several tours overseas with the United States Army before scammers started using my pictures to take money from victims online. Advocatingforyou.com to learn more. Are you a veteran, or do you know a veteran who is struggling with housing due to COVID-19? Veterans Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing, including hotel stays to eligible struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it. Unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. 
cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? Learn more at She Can Stem. A message from the Ad Council. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Mm. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman, and you are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. And uh, <laughs> as, as some of you have noticed, I am suffering from a little bout of allergies, but we're going to power through, and uh, we're going to um, hopefully you know, say some things that invites, if not discussion, um, consideration, um, because I think that's really, really important. Um, so as I was saying before we went on a break, this, this, this idea now when we're recruiting candidates, it's based on a look. It's based, and this is, I think, particularly true with the Republican Party, it's based on a look. It's based on uh, someone's allegiance to person X or person Y. And it's, it's not really based on anything of substance. And we can't have that. I remember, and I think I shared this story before, I, you know, I lived in England for a number of years, and there at the time was one political leader, Theresa May. I mean, she's still, you know, present. She's still, she's still out there. But, you know, at the time when I was living uh, in England, she was uh, head of the conservative party. And she said something that really kind of stayed with me. And she said, well, we're the nasty party. And I feel that that's what the Massachusetts Republican Party has become. It's become the nasty party, uh, not, not nationally, I'm talking about state. It's become the nasty party. And it's also become the party of no. And so the next chair as well as all Republicans who are invested, who, who, who want to see a balance, because I, I have to qualify that, because there's some Republicans, I don't quite know why they're Republican at the end of the day, because they're not, they're not doing anything, they don't say anything, they're just Republican, and I appreciate that. Okay, that's great. I mean, maybe the core values, they, you know, they are attracted to them, but I can't understand or fathom, forgive me, someone or people who would want to be 
registered with a party that is so small. And then they're not going to do anything because to be a member of the Republican Party of Massachusetts, that's already a big statement because, again, the numbers are so small. So I can't understand why someone wouldn't want to then or people wouldn't want to then be active or aware or try to do what they can to uh, to grow the party in their own way as their schedule permits, uh, however they, in and, and whatever uh, fashion, through, through whatever channels uh, suits them best. But as I started to say, the Republican Party, the Republican chair, the task, and I hope it will be a new chair, uh, because it's just, we can't continue with Jim Lyons. The person has to have a coherent message. So Sean Dooley, who challenged Jim Lyons, he, you know, he 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 made that criticism that that there wasn't a coherent message, and there's not. It's a little hard to say we are the alternative if. We can't describe what we are. (laughs) And it's got to be a coherent message, but it's also got to be a consistent message. And it's amazing because Massachusetts is very much a deep blue state. But it's amazing the number of people, even if they're staunch Democrats, that doesn't mean they're anti-Republican. And so if you're a Republican and you have something to say, look, I'm going to be honest. Uh, That doesn't mean the person's necessarily going to vote for you right away or maybe never at all. But if you're a candidate who has something to say, you're going to get some respect. It's a little hard to complain about how stupid people are and how they consistently vote Democrat when there's literally no one to vote for in the primaries uh, in, in Boston, unless it's a city council race, which is nonpartisan, mayoral race, which is nonpartisan, um, or it's one of the statewide races, which is every four years. Other than that, we don't have candidates on the ballot. So it's not even a matter of, Ugh, I don't really like him, but I'm going to vote for him. I don't really like her, but she she gets my vote. She'll get she'll get my support. No. We literally don't have people on the ballot. We don't have any names on the ballot. And incredibly, you have Republicans who will like they'll lambaste, you know, people for, you know, foolishly, stupidly voting Democrat without question behaving like sheep. And it's like, well, what, what do you want people to do? If, if Republican candidates aren't put forward, who the heck are people supposed to vote for then? No, really. So coherent, consistent message. But we also have to have people, candidates, also activists, although I don't like that word. I've soured on that word. But uh, people who are active, 
you know, who, who bring forth the message. Now, that doesn't mean, of course, that they have to say what this person is saying or that person is saying. No, we still have freedom of thought, freedom of expression, right? This is America. But we understand, all of us should understand the values and then be able to share them and help to, to, to disseminate the values by being engaged in our respective communities and doing things that speak to the values that inform us socially and not just politically. We need this. We need a whole makeover. I remember growing up and watching these talk shows and these people would come on and almost invariably they were women. And you're like, oh, come on. You know, some of these women would come on and I swear to you, like they made an effort to look really, really bad. So then that way, when they came back after the makeover, they would look particularly uh, wonderful or, you know, exceptional. You know, the, the effect would be would be that much more. Well, the Republican Party needs a makeover. Not our values, but how we choose to bring forth those values. Because I think of myself as an ambassador of republicanism. I do. And I think that's how we should think about it, Republicans who are active. We are representatives of the party. But it's not just enough to stand up and say, hey, I'm a Republican. I mean, I'm sorry, but the slate that we had this time around statewide, it is is the worst slate in recent memory. Absolutely terrible. As I said, Jeff Deal, Leah Allen, they ran terrible campaigns. Terrible campaigns. Rayla Campbell, it's just, (laughs) it's honestly, I'd like to think that she won't run again, um, but we'll have to wait and see. But she really has no business running for office. Uh, She does not understand. Uh, She's shown no understanding, comprehension of the two offices that she's run for, uh, of course, uh, for Congress, you know, the House seat in the 7th Congressional District, and then Secretary of State. She clearly has no understanding um, of what the the duties of those offices, uh, what those duties entail, uh, how the responsibilities of said offices fit into the larger scheme of things, I mean, literally, like, it's, I don't know if she ever had a civics class growing up. And and she also just doesn't know the issues. She does not know the issues. And she, she, she knows headlines. She knows entertainment. She knows bombast, you know, bombastic rhetoric. But she, she doesn't, she doesn't know the issues. And she's very detached 
removed from the concerns of everyday people. She really, truly is. And, you know, of course, to add to that, her her behavior is completely indecorous. And and it's just, it's, I, it's just, it's, 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 it's appalling. And, And why don't we talk about Ray LaCama and we can talk about Donnie Palmer, too, at the same time, who, of course, is, uh, the GOP's pick this election cycle to run against Diana Presley. I mean, he's another one. It's we can't have candidates that just stand up and run. This isn't this isn't a, 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 a publicity tour. This isn't uh, it, well, it sure as heck shouldn't be a money grab. But it's just it's if you if you stand up to run, look, there are going to be some people stand up to run and they have some ulterior motives. You know, they might want to be able to start a business down the line. They want to make contacts, you know. okay. As long as that person knows the issues and understands what the office that he or she is running for actually does. Like, what are the responsibilities? What are the duties of that office? But if you're going to stand up and run and and just, like, it's it's just an ego trip, I don't have time for it. I don't have time for it. And that's that's been the issue. So on top of everything else, the candidates that Jim Lyons has put forward Several of these people are on ego trips. And I, and I have to throw this out. It seems like all this time, Jim Lyon's candidates were defining themselves as the real Republicans. And Charlie Baker and anyone else who disagreed with them or rhinos. I, I was called a rhino too, which I find hysterical. But then, of course, some of those same people wanted my support. And it's like, well, can't have it both ways. Can't call me a rhino, insulting me, and then expect my support. You insult me, you don't get my support. I'm a pretty basic, simple girl. <laughs> I'm one of those simple chicks. Um, <clears throat> but you can't, you can't insult somebody and then expect their support, right? You can't be disrespectful towards someone and then expect them to do something for you. So, for me, it was very much, I don't know if I want to phrase it a psychological study, or if it was just a glimpse into the absurd, but it was really bizarrely fascinating for me to watch, again, Jim Lyons' candidates spend all this time talking about rhinos and just having a great time enjoying enjoying themselves as the real Republicans, having a good time. And then all of a sudden, it was like four or five weeks out, there was like this collective epiphany, like, oh, wait a minute, we're running for office. And then all of a sudden, 
these candidates started doing candidate-like things. And it just, it makes me laugh because you can't, no candidate can do this, but particularly a Republican in Massachusetts, because just the numbers, people, see, that's the thing too. People, when I said earlier, people will listen to you, they will. That doesn't mean they're going to vote for you, but they will listen. A lot of people will listen to you, even if they're staunch, staunch Democrats. I kid you not. Really? You think I'm wrong? Just go try and talk to people. They'll listen. And you'd be surprised. You you probably can find a lot of common ground. But people are used to voting a certain way. So that habit, if you will, isn't going to be changed. It's not going to be altered overnight. It's going to take time. No, not necessarily a lot of time, but my my point is, is that it's not going to happen right away. And that's why it's important to keep on coming. Let's keep on coming and keep on being present. But back to the point I was making, you know, I, I see, I see Jim Lyons candidates doing all these candidate stuff, <laughs> these, you know, stuff that you would expect to see from candidates. And it's like, well, you're not going to make up for not having done anything for like the last 10 months, eight months, year, maybe even. Um, you're not going to make up for it in four or five weeks. And so Rayla Campbell, um, <laughs> she, I mean, yeah, she really is something. She, you know, put up a post and it was something to the effect that, you know, it's been, a, oh, it's been a rough couple of years and I've done what I could and I've tried to, like, for instance, give out food to those in need, you know, to, to really kind of help people. And, and and I just had to laugh because if anyone wants, is, is if anyone, is, I had to stop myself because I wanted to say foolish if I wanted to say stupid, but let me be diplomatic and let me be compassionate. If anyone is willing to believe that, I think that it's some people do it because they they want to believe the best about people. Some people though might believe it because it's a matter of they want to believe what they want to believe. Either way, here's the truth. Rayla Campbell didn't know such thing. So for her to lie like that, I, I was astounded. Like, what, you spent a few months giving out food, and it's you, you only did it to make connections and get your name out there. Now, someone would argue and say, well, how do you know, and what's your proof, and Convince me that that's the case. And it's like, well, all right, let's look at the race, air quotes, that Rayla ran in 2020 in the 7th Congressional District. And look at, look at all the different things she's done in this race. So on the face of it, it wouldn't appear that Campbell is someone who spends her time trying to help those in need. Right. I mean, that's that's not something that uh, she considers uh, 
something that should be on her regular agenda or schedule. So, I mean, if you're going to tell a lie, it should be then something that has some credibility. Like it has like a whiff of credibility about it. And then you have Donnie Palmer who's going about and taking pictures with people. Oh, this person, you know, she just said that she voted for me and everyone in her house did too. And then he's talking about knocking on 28,000. But uh, I do remember reading a tweet from Donnie Palmer saying something to the effect of we're knocking on 28,000 doors in eight days. Now, that is just, again, why, if you're going to tell a lie, why would you say something that is just so totally ridiculous? It's 28,000 doors in eight days, really? You would have to have really quite literally an army. You would have to have a whole organization. One person with maybe, you know, one or two, uh, an extra pair or two of hands is not going to is not going to hit 28,000 doors. Um in 8 days. That's just uh, that doesn't even make sense. And furthermore, why would you why would you talk about door knocking a week before election, the general election? And you've never talked about it before. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. So it's like this, this kabuki theater. It's, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I just, I don't, I don't get it. So you have people who have no substance. They don't understand the responsibilities of the office they're running for. They have no qualifications for the position that they're running for. And they just, I don't know, they they just make up stories. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> absolutely no substance. And I just, I, I don't get this. So again, we need, as Republicans, we need to show that we're ready to play ball. We need to show that we can compete on the field. Really. I mean, we need to, 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 to have candidates that have something to say. So, you know, Representative Sean Dooley, and I hope Representative Sean Dooley will be uh, successful in his bid. Um, he's, of course, running for the state Senate. But I am here to, while I wish Sean well, I'm here to tell you that if you happen to be in that Senate district, what is important above all is for you to vote. Um, just like it's important for people everywhere throughout the Commonwealth, vote, 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 vote. Um, but my point in bringing up Sean Dooley is that he is someone who is a great candidate because he has something to say. And he has something to say, not because he likes the spotlight. And it's not because he never met a microphone that he didn't like. It's because he knows the issues and his skill set and his particular experience enables him to do the job that he's been holding and the job that he would like to hold. And we need more people like that. 
With Jim Lyons, what we've had is we've had people who, because they don't have the skill set or the knowledge, or both, (laughs) uh, to run for the office that they are seeking, um, they try to compensate it with, you know, this outrageous rhetoric. They maybe get into a fight or they maybe, yeah, say something outlandish. And that's not right. And that's not fair. And so what basically Jim Lyons has done is he's, he's, he's tried to push these personalities that are beholden to him. And that's no way to run a party because it's not Jim Lyons' job to say who's a Republican, who's not. His job is to make sure that the party can compete in the marketplace of ideas, that it can compete in Massachusetts in the Bay State's political arena. Because again, people have a right to choice. And so that's what I want. I want candidates that are good. I want candidates that speak to the issues. I want candidates that have plans. I want candidates that can show clearly the experience that they have is relevant to the office that they seek. And there was a time, and it doesn't seem that long in the past, where the Republican Party, while, again, while it hasn't been on the right track for a while, it still, there was a semblance of, Okay, well, this candidate is is you know relatively well qualified for the position. Um, there's an air of credibility about his or her campaign. Let's pay attention. But now it's just it's a free for all. It's 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 embarrassing. It's 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 like well, we don't need to get Netflix. All we have to do is watch the antics of Jim Lyons' candidates. And that's not what I want the Republican Party to be known for. You know, these ideas about personal responsibility and limited government because government doesn't know better than you how your life should be led and what makes you happy. I mean, these are ideas that have really broad appeal. And so I mentioned, you know, you have Sean Dooley, you have Representative Brad Jones, you have State Senator Bruce Tarr, you have State Senator Patrick O'Connor, you have uh, State Rep, he's running for sheriff. Good luck to him. He's a wonderful human being, Tim Whalen. Uh, So there are a number of Republicans around the Commonwealth, that are quietly doing the good work. And so we need more of that. That's what we need. We don't need the reality show antics. And I think Joe Battenfeld referred to the the fighting, the infighting as childish. This, This isn't about being immature. This is about not having 
a modicum of decency. We need we need people who have class. <laughs> we need people who have decorum. And we need people who are going to act in goodwill and bring forward the mighty legacy that the Republican Party has in this state. I'm going to talk more about this. You know I will in the months ahead. You've been listening to me, Rachel Meiselman, on Bostonian Rap. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you so much for bearing with me as I battle through my allergies. But that's all I have time for this week. I look forward to hanging out with you next week. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.